Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the All In Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, as always, Eli Cooper, and I'm joined, as always, by my guy, Mike Badzik. How's it going, man? It's going good, my guy, and uh, it's actually going really good because, you know, we let in, we let our listeners know last episode, and, and you knew this was coming, uh, that we faced off in two fantasy matchups <laughs> this weekend, and I swept the show. I swept the all-in podcast fantasy matchups. Two of them. Two of them. And I still got players to go, and I already won. How's that make you feel? Um, well, I don't accept the results of either of those losses. <laughs> um, there was clearly fraudulent activity going on with oh, the brother. Justin Jackson injury. <laughs> I don't actually believe that he was hurt. Um, so you'll be hearing from my lawyers. Yeah. Well, it could be a long road. It could be a long road. This is going to have to go to the Fantasy Supreme Court. <laughs> no, man. But two, two tough losses, man. But I'm going to bounce back. It's all right. I'm going to bounce yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be fine. So... Uh, Speaking of NFL, we had some exciting games this weekend, Uh, pretty Mm -hmm. fun slate of games, some important games, which we're going to get into today. But first, uh, don't forget, we have an app available now on the Apple Store and Google Play Store where you can stay in contact with us. You can see our social media feeds, listen to our podcast, uh, get easy access to our website. That's actually what I mostly use it for now um, is to get to our website quickly. So um, you can use our app to stay up to date with everything all in network related, really all in podcast related. Uh, the other podcasts on our network will be coming soon. So stay tuned for that. Uh, for those of you who follow those other podcasts, you'll be able to listen to all of them all in one feed uh, on this app. So uh, stay tuned for that and stay tuned for the app update uh, that'll be coming up soon. So make sure you download that on your smartphone tab or tablet. So let's talk about the game of the week, I think, by yeah. far. We had two legend QBs squaring off on Sunday Night Football. Yes. And it was this big hyped-up game. Remember, these guys are like top two in the passing touchdowns, and they constantly pass each other, and then we constantly get updates about how <laughs> they pass each other. Well, one person took a significant lead last yeah. night. One person took a significant lead last night, um, at least for now, uh, which was Drew Brees as yeah. the Saints. Beat the bricks off of the Bucks, thirty-eight to three. Just an abysmal night for the Bucks. Are you talking this up to just a bad night, or is like, is this a sign? Oh, I think this might be a sign uh, about both teams, actually, and, and specifically if we're talking about the Bucks first. Uh, you know, we were kind of looking at them like last week or when we did our power rankings the last time on this show. I think I had them as the best team in the NFC. Uh, and, and, you know, we can, we're going to talk about the NFC and we're going to talk about, you know, the, not being the same level as the AFC, certainly. Uh, but we kind of what we were thinking was the defense of the Bucks, uh mixed in with the weapons that they have on offense makes them the best team. Well, like now we're kind of looking at it and we're thinking maybe that defense isn't exactly what we thought uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Right? Like just to get beat up on by the Saints like this, kind of an embarrassing loss. Um, you know, and Drew Brees takes the – lead a significant lead in the all-time touchdown rankings which 
Hopefully we can not hear about that for a couple of weeks. Uh, but you know what else we have to hear about every time the Saints play is Taysom Hill, right? That's the other annoying thing is every time yeah. Taysom Hill is in the game, every announcer pretends that they've never seen Taysom Hill before <laughs> and, and that he's this surprise thing that they have. Well, right. I will say he was really good in this game as well. He does have really good moments. I, I think it's probably not exactly – uh, the smart play to put him out there as much as they do when you have Drew Brees and you take him off the field and put him in there. Uh, but he, he he played really well, and he showed why he is a weapon in this game. Uh, now, the Saints, we're looking at them, and, and you know we've been down on the Saints pretty much all year, right? Like, coming into this year, uh, they were a popular, popular Super Bowl pick to make the Super Bowl anyway out of the NFC uh, because of what they did in the past couple of years. And, you know, week one, they beat the Bucs, and we're thinking, yeah, there we go. Uh, and then they lose the next two to uh, the Raiders, which now we're looking back on it. We're thinking, well, maybe the Raiders aren't even that bad, right? Raiders are actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, away Monday night football, first game in the Raiders new stadium. Uh, maybe we put too much stock into that loss and then they lose the next one at Green Bay. Um, you know, and that was a tough, that was a tough game. And they were without Michael Thomas for all of these games. Uh, but quietly they've won five in a row. Uh, right now, they'd be the number one seed in the NFC, probably, it looks like. Um, and I don't know who left on their schedule is going to knock them off of that spot. And that's a huge spot, right? This division is a huge spot, and especially that number one seed is a huge spot, especially considering uh, that only one team is going to get a bye in the playoffs this year, yeah. right? And when you're talking about Drew Brees and you're talking about Tom Brady, uh, that is a that is a huge thing is getting that we saw this last year with Tom Brady. We've seen this throughout Tom Brady's career, really, when he doesn't get the bye compared to when he does get the bye. Um, and and that's the, that goes for almost all quarterbacks and almost all football players, right? That bye is huge, especially in a season like this where because of the COVID outbreaks, teams are losing their bye weeks, their normal bye weeks. They're not traditional. Uh, you don't really know what weeks you're going to be playing Having that buy set in stone is going to be huge, I think, especially in a very jam-packed NFC where, you know, I'm looking at the NFC and, you know, there's no one top team, but there's also probably six or seven teams that I think could win uh, Wild Card Weekend, right? Like, I don't think if, if the two through four seeds are the Packers, um, certainly the Eagles are probably going to be one of them. And the Seahawks, well, the Seahawks' pass defense is one of the worst in the league. Uh, yeah. And the Packers, we don't know who's going to show up. So I wouldn't be surprised if any of those teams lose wild card weekend. Uh, yep. and, that, and I agree with that, also saying that for the Saints, right? The Saints, I could also see losing wild card weekend. So that one seed is actually huge, uh, especially in the NFC where there isn't those powerhouses. Uh, but they do have a nice, uh, deep um, you know, pool of teams there that anybody could win wild card weekend. So I think this is actually a huge game because it kind of, you know, you know they're going to have all the tiebreakers now with the Bucks, so this almost yep. this gives them a huge uh, uh, uptick in the division standings and the conference standings, which could end up being huge in the end. Yeah, um, you know, so for me, I think it was a little bit of both. I think the Bucks were uncharacteristically bad. Yeah, um, but I I do think the Saints prove that they're the better team here. Um, obviously, they've beaten them twice, um, so there's really not a debate between these two teams and how they match up against each other. Um, I don't know that the Saints are 35 points better than them, no. but um, it, it's pretty significant, I would say. And they had Michael Thomas for both of for the majority of both of those games. Um, mm -hmm. And while he didn't light them up, 
you know, I, I think he certainly makes a difference, um, you know, yeah. in those games. For me, um, you know, this tells me a lot about Tampa Bay's mm-hmm. offense. Um, I think, I, you know, I think they're, I do think their defense is pretty tough and pretty elite. Um, I think their offense put them into bad situations last night because of all the turnovers that they had, especially from Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, and and obviously the Saints' offense played really well and is good. Their their offense is really good. Uh, but for Brady to be this bad against a Saints defense that was mediocre to say the least coming into this game, yeah, um, is telling. And it just it makes me wonder if um, you know a quarterback this age that doesn't have an elite running game or an elite running back, uh, you know, like Drew Brees does. On the other hand, he has Kamara. You know, that he can kind of rely on for checkdowns and that can make, you know, plays. And then he also has a guy like Michael Thomas now that he can consistently go to. You know, Mike Evans doesn't seem to be that guy for Brady as far as like someone he can just consistently go to. Godwin was coming back off injury and Antonio Brown's, you know, in his first game. So I don't know, we can really judge there. Sure. Um, But they only ran the ball five times last night because they got down so quick. Yeah. And it just it makes me wonder if uh you know if the Bucks can't run the ball effectively uh each game, how is that gonna impact how well Brady plays? Yeah, uh, you know, and things like that. So uh it's a lot of telling signs. And I can't for the life of me figure out um why Mike Evans isn't getting as many looks with Brady as his quarterback. To me, it's it's yeah. baffling and it doesn't quite make sense. And now you're adding Antonio Brown to the mix. Godwin's back healthy, like I mentioned. So it's like, you know, I, I don't really understand why this offense doesn't really seem to be able to get him the ball. There's rumors that he's been banged up, so he's maybe not quite running the same. In this game, it's, you know, it's I, I think the Marshawn Lattimore effect has a lot to do with that. Three, sure. straight, game, three straight games that they've lined up against each other. Um, he's only gotten two targets when guarded by Marshawn Lattimore in each of those three games and doesn't have a catch. So he hasn't had a catch against Marshawn Lattimore in three games. But it's like there's games where he's not playing against Marshawn Lattimore and he's not getting a catch or right. only getting one or two catches. And to me, that concerns me because I, I still think he's the most talented receiver that they have um, yeah. and really one of the most talented playmakers that they have. And if you can't get him the ball, it limits you, if you ask me. Yeah, but it, it kind of makes sense, like, when we think about, like, this Bruce Arians offense. And, like, we've been talking about this. Like, with the type of offense he runs, like, does a 43-year-old Tom Brady fit into that? And, we, you know, it's a lot of throwing the ball down the field, taking chances, things that Tom Brady the last three years has not really done. Uh, and he certainly hasn't done it well, right? You think about and, – and, you know, the receivers he had in New England maybe didn't permit him to do that, but that really wasn't what he was trying to do anyway. Uh, so it kind of makes sense that Mike Evans' numbers would dip, uh, especially when you talk about throwing the ball down the field. I think if you asked Mike Evans uh, and, and, and he was 100% truthful, um, you know, not even, um, you know, maybe, maybe he even thinks this, but, like, I think it's probably better for him to have a guy like James Winston than a guy like yeah. Brady, right, because he can throw the ball down the field. He'll at least throw it up and give you a chance, even if it turns into an interception half the time. Right, uh, exactly. I think Mike Evans probably would prefer that to at least have the chance. Yeah. Uh, and, and another interesting thing is if you look at Brady last season with the Patriots, you know, the first seven games were really good. 
Um, and then he kind of fell off a cliff a little bit and the numbers got a lot worse. Um, like, like demonstrably like worse. Um, and this season, the first seven games were pretty good, pretty, really Mm -hmm. good. The last two have been pretty bad. Uh, and maybe that's what we should be expecting from a 43 year old as we go down the stretch in this season. Um, and especially with what they're asking him to do, I don't know if he fits it that well. Yeah, yeah. I think serious questions have to be asked about whether, um, you know, Bruce Arians is the right fit, not only for this team, but for Tom Brady. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned Jameis because you have to be, you know, granted, he did he, he did get on the field last night, but barely. Yeah. But you have to be sitting there wondering, like, after him sitting on that sideline, like, ain't this what y'all fired before? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> ain't this why I'm here in New Orleans is because of these kind of performances right here? Yeah. Maybe it's not me. Maybe it's you. You know, maybe it's a you thing. And I got the and I got the blame for it. Um, he did his little E to W thing uh, at the end of the game during Bruce, <laughs> Drew Brees' press conference, which I thought was super ironic because yeah. if you remember – he did that before he played the Saints when he was in Tampa Bay. So uh, interesting uh, timing of him choosing to do that in a yeah. game where Tom Brady was completely awful. Uh, he so awful that he got on the field right. uh, last night. So, you know, a revenge game without having to play it for Jameis Winston. Yeah. And, you know, you talk, I think it's a good point. You bring up, of you know, Jameis saying, maybe it's not me. It's y'all like, Maybe it's Bruce Arians, really. Like, yeah, Bruce Arians has gotten this weird pass. You know, we we kind of just have given him this reputation as like this great mastermind coach, but like the receipts aren't really there, right? Yeah. Like, we kind of remember like his, as far as head coaching experience, he he had a good run as the offensive coordinator for the Steelers. Um, and for the record, every offensive coordinator with Ben Roethlisberger has gone on to be a head coach. So it's not really. It's not saying that much that he had a lot of success and went on to be a head coach there. Um, But, you know, he had that run with Indianapolis where he stepped in for Chuck Pagano when he got sick and it was emotional and they made the playoffs. And then, you know, from that, we kind of just anointed him as one of these best coaches in the league, one of these offensive geniuses. I'm not sure that that's actually true. Uh, And it's kind of playing out, especially these last two weeks. Uh, and even last year that maybe, maybe it's, maybe he's not who we thought he is. Yeah. And I think it's just, I think it's his offense just breeds too many turnovers with that style of play. Like look at the track record. Um, You know, I, I don't, I can't go all the way back to big Ben. You would know that better than I would, but if we look at his record as a head coach, Mm -hmm. Andrew Luck turned it over a lot. Uh, You know, then he comes in to, to, uh, well, you went to Arizona, right? First. And then, didn't really have a quarterback, so I don't know how much we can truly measure that, but certainly a lot of turnovers during that time. Then he comes here to Tampa Bay. Um, Jameis, who already had coming into the draft, one of the big questions was his turnover. You put him in a Bruce Arians offense, and he's like legendary for interceptions. And then you get Tom Brady, someone who is relatively not known at all for turning the turning the ball over. And I – I don't know where his ranking is through nine games as far as picks thrown. I would say it's got to be somewhere near the top ever in his career of, of interceptions that he's thrown. And he's, he's still six and three, but it's just that inconsistency. These are the kind of games that you can get from the Bucks uh, because their offense, you know, there's nights where their offense will just turn it over way too much. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's kind of, um, you know, Bruce Aarons, they've always said he's like the QB whisperer. Um, I, 
I don't know which QB it was. If, you know, <laughs> he, did he, he, didn't tra- he didn't transform Andrew Luck. You know, he yeah, wasn't no. responsible for that. He had Carson Palmer in Arizona, who, who was able to kind of extend his career, but he was never like fantastic in Arizona or anything. Right. And he did have the most turnovers in his career one of the years playing for Bruce Arians. Um, and then Jameis, so I don't know quite where he got that reputation. Maybe it's the hats. It must be the hats. Must be the hats. <laughs> all right. So let's play our favorite game. Yes. All in or all out. Uh, we've got a list of interesting topics to discuss here. Uh, and the first one, are the Dolphins in the AFC East contender? Absolutely. They have to be right now. Um, you know, you look at them, they're right now a game and a half back of the Bills. So they're two back in the win column, one back in the loss column. Um, but if you ask me right now who's better, I'd probably say Miami because Thank of you. the defense, right? Like their defense, and I know Kyler Murray lit him up, right? But he's been lighting up everybody, right? Everybody, so, yeah. So when we talk about Kyler Murray, he's probably a top five quarterback right now. So I do cut Miami some slack in Arizona. Um, you know, offense travels more than defense usually. Yeah. So, so you know, I do cut them some slack for that. But, like, they've been really good, and they made the stops when they needed to as well. Yeah, uh, but even looking at you know their remaining slate, right? So so right now they're five and three. Um, they've got the Chargers this week, then they've got the Broncos, then they've got the Jets, um, Bengals, Patriots at home. So so that's what four wins or five wins, you know, pretty much that we can chalk up right now. Like, and they play the Bills again. They play the Bills the last week of the season. I would not be surprised at all. In fact, I would probably predict that week 17 game against the Bills will be for the AFC East. And, you know, I talked about the defense, our guy Tua. Yeah. We did not know about Tua, right, last mm-hmm. week. We kind of, you know, his first game, he didn't really need to do much because of the defense. And we're like, you know, we learned nothing about Tua. Well, we learned a lot about Tua this week. And guess what? He's a gamer. Uh, yeah. He steps up in the big moments. He makes the throws. You know, and, and people I think are kind of forget like and Joe Burrow was, you know, had a transformative senior year at LSU and you know he absolutely deserved to be the number one pick. But before that year, Tua was the hands down number definitely one. gonna be number one pick, uh one of the best QB coming out that we've seen in a couple of years. Like he yeah. was that guy and yeah. he had the injury, uh, but he seems to have healed from the injury and he played so well. Uh, on Sunday, really outdueled Kyler in, in some ways um, on the road. That is a, a game that, you know, and we talked about, you know, should the Dolphins have moved on from Ryan Fitzpatrick? Ryan Fitzpatrick does not win that game. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Hands down. So I think, you know, it is definitely the right decision, not only for now, but for the future to, to give to a kind of, you know, a training run. Yeah. Um, and something else I was thinking about too was these rookie quarterbacks this year, right? Like, so we, we, we've talked about Burrow, we've talked about Herbert, um, and now we're talking about Tua and how good they've been. Like, it's it's been crazy how good they've been. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it made me think of when we were talking about the MLB playoffs, and I was talking about rookie pitchers, young pitchers, pitching with no fans in yeah. that environment and how much easier it was. Well, I think it's kind of that way right now for, for rookie quarterbacks. Right, where they're almost getting like a training run at this before the fans, like the pressure isn't quite there, uh, and they're able to perform. And they're also super talented, right? This might be one of the best QB classes we've seen in a long time. But it also is that much easier without fans, uh, and they've been so good, like all three of them. So Dolphins, for me, are definitely 
AFC East contenders. And it says I'm saying that more about them and less about the Buffalo Bills, who I think are good. I think the Dolphins are legit. Agreed. I think the Dolphins are legit as well. I think there's a strong possibility that they can win this division. I would not be surprised if they beat the Bills twice. Uh, I think they still have to play them twice. I don't think they've played yet. Uh, um, they played once, I think. They played once. Okay, so yeah. they'll they'll get a chance to see each other again. Um, uh, but if even if they don't win the division, I think we can almost book them as a playoff team Probably. at this point. I think that's pretty safe to say, um, especially since we're we're in the seven teams now. Um, so you know, uh, you know, the Raiders will have something to say about that, and uh, you know, possibly the Browns, uh, yeah. you know, as well. But I think the I think the Dolphins are are much stronger than both of them. Uh, and again, uh, to you know, piggyback off what you said, Tua is absolutely the real deal. Mm. Um, you know, and granted, I know the Cardinals' defense isn't like elite or anything like that, but they're not bad. They've mm. certainly got playmakers, uh, Buda Baker and Patrick Peterson and Chandler Jones. They've got. They got a number of playmakers on that defense, and it's not like a Swiss cheese kind of defense like you would see in uh, like Josh Allen saw this weekend in Seattle. Oh my gosh! Um, but yeah, um, you know, Tua kind of has this rookie Russell Wilson vibe to him, like a left-handed, left-handed type Russell Wilson um, to him, and you know, it's it's um, he he makes great decisions. The ball gets out of his hands quick. Yeah. Um, and his escapability in the pocket, you know, and then also being able to get out of the pocket and make plays down, uh, you know, um, with his legs. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's very similar to young Russell Wilson. Um, you know, if you, if you really think back to how he was as a rookie, he was, he was kind of a game manager cause that defense was so elite. Mm. Um, but when they needed him to make the plays, he could. Yeah. Um, and now we're seeing Russell Wilson is, uh, well, which, for the most part of this season, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league with regardless of how good his defense is. But I kind of see that progression for Tua. Like right now he'll be, if he needs to be a game manager, he'll be a game manager. If you need him to make plays down the stretch, he can make the plays down the stretch uh, for you. So I I think uh, apparently coming into this, uh, they, there was a report that the reason they went to Tua, even that three and three, was because they needed to find out whether they were going to draft a QB in 2021. And I think you can call that off, right? <laughs> I think you found out after this one. That's just so stupid. Like the patience of teams has just gone. I mean, and, and you know, you think of like Josh Rosen, what happened there? Like, right. The, like they just don't give these quarterbacks a chance. But let me, uh, let me ask you two questions. So if we're saying, you know, Steelers, Chiefs, Ravens are the three in the AFC. Are the Dolphins the next one? It'd probably be them, Bills, or Titans. Yeah, I would probably – well, the power rankings will tell for sure. True. Right now – Right now – Don't don't give it away. Don't give it away. Okay, we'll see. What about this Brian Flores, Flores, Coach of the Year? Uh, Yeah, absolutely right now. I think he's he's certainly at the top of that list right now. Uh, Maybe Mike Tomlin. Yeah, he's undefeated. So those yeah. two neck yeah. and neck, but they're yeah. they're certainly in the conversation. Yeah. You know, I also had I also had an invested stake in this game. I was rooting for two elite down the stretch uh, because I had a little parlay that ended up hitting uh, where I needed the Dolphins to win this one, and thankfully Arizona's kicker came up short on a forty nine yard field goal. Um, it was online, just short. I don't know. I can't remember the last time I saw a field goal under 50 yards be short. However, thank you. 
Thank you for <laughs> letting my parlay hit. Uh, and a reminder, uh, you guys can uh, use our promo code, allinpod, at mybookie.ag uh, to get 100% of your deposit matched uh, up to, or minimum $45, up to $1,000. Uh, so, and there's offshore thing. It's an offshore betting site. So you can, you know, bet on uh, certain things that you can't bet here in the States. Or if gambling is not legal in your state, you can use MyBookie uh, as they're an offshore site. So uh, make sure you use the promo code all in pod uh, to get 100% uh deposit match yep free money people so next thing we have in our all-in all-out game pat mahomes is he the new front runner is it time to is it time to give pat mahomes the lead in the mvp race he's gotta be he's gotta be the uh, mvp front runner russell wilson the last two weeks has really you know lost that that claim i mean he's just you know when you look at the td interception ratio and Mahomes is like almost on demand, right? It's like, oh, you guys need me to score right now? Okay, let's score. Right? Like, you, know, you can't stop him. Like, when he's like, okay, we're scoring this drive, yeah. they score. Like, they're just an unstoppable force right now. Um, you know, when you watch the games, even, like, he's just so clearly better than everyone else, which I know best player isn't the, you know, MVP standard. And that's not what we use. Uh, but when the numbers back it up and when your team has one loss, and, you know, you're probably going to be, um, you know, the one or two seed in the AFC. I think the claim speaks for itself. I think he has to be the front runner right now. The interesting thing is, uh, you know, when we talk about, like, who's even in the race right now. So, like, Russell Wilson's probably still in it. He's certainly yeah. not out of it. Mahomes is, is probably definitely the front runner right now. Uh, you know, the interesting thing is, like, you talk about the Steelers undefeated. They really don't have an MVP candidate. Right. Uh, you know, just because of the way their team – plays they don't really have an mvp candidate nobody's putting up huge numbers or anything like that um and and you know if you think about like who's third or fourth on that list like i don't even know who it is is it aaron Rodgers still probably not like you know you know who you know who my dark horse is if 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 they reel off six wins in the next seven games or some something close to that and they can sneak into the playoffs you know who it might be who Dalvin Cook. Ooh. The dude has been unreal yeah. the last couple of weeks. Yeah. It's almost like they just kind of said, he just said, like, Kirk Cousins, you freaking blow. I got it. I got <laughs> right. it. Give me the ball. Like, and, like, since yeah. he's been doing it, they've been winning. Yeah. Uh, so if they reel off some wins, and I actually like their team. I like their team coming into the year. And, yeah. and you know, one of the interesting things, so now I'm going on a Vikings tangent, but uh, <laughs> which is unplanned. But, you know, at the beginning of the year, they kind of said – you know, let's let Kirk sling it, right? Like, for the first time ever, they were like, let's let Kirk sling it, and they were, he was throwing it deep, like, way more often than he ever has before. He was throwing it down for way more often than he ever has before. The last couple of weeks, they've reeled that in yeah. back to a uh, more Viking-esque run-pass ratio. And right now, it's it's the high, last couple of weeks, it's been the highest uh, run-to-pass ratio, so they're running more than anybody. And it's working, and it's a formula for working. And they have still good players in that defense. I would not count them out of the seven seed. And if they make the playoffs and Dalvin Cook keeps it up, he could be in the race. But right now it's Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and especially on the Vikings thing, listen, uh, Kirk Cousins is solid. But if you try to make him be great, he will yeah. be incredibly bad. It's like weird how that works, right? Where yeah. like if Kirk Cousins – if you can limit Kirk Cousins like 20 passes a game, you're, you're in great shape. 
Yeah. If well, he goes you know, over it, that, it's, it gets it's bad. Good, you know, we're athletes, you know, both of us, same level. And, uh, you know, I, I play pickup hoops, right? When my team asks me to stand in the corner and shoot, play limited defense, it'll work out great, okay? I will be one of, you know, I'll be one of the best teammates you have in pickup. But when you ask me to be the primary ball handler, that's not my game, man. We're going to lose, okay? Yep. I'm cool in the corner. Don't ask me to do too much. It's the same with Kirk Cousins. Well, agreed, agreed. All right. So, yeah, Pat Mahomes is my MVP front runner as well. Yeah. Um, I think, like you said, he's the, like the one quarterback where it's like, oh, you need me to flip the switch. All right, you know, yep. let's let's start making plays. There was one play that they had in the red zone last night where he's like pretending that he's running down the motion, yeah. the, the the line making the calls, and then he just comes back, catches, rolls out to the right, throws it, hits somebody in the back of the end zone, touchdown. And it's and I was just kind of like, what even was that? Was that? Right, I mean, right. they, obviously they they designed it to do that, but I was like, it was a little bit pointless. Like you could have just <laughs> ran that play without him faking to do that. But it's just it just says something about the talent. Like this guy is like almost trying to continue to impress us because he's running out of ways to impress us. Like it's just, uh, you know, and at this point with the way uh, that this chiefs offense is playing, uh, no one really wants to see them except for Pittsburgh. Right. I think that's like, that's the only team you can even consider being in the conversation with them. Um, And because Pittsburgh doesn't necessarily have, like you said, a, a player who's putting up these ridiculous numbers, I think Pat Mahomes does become the MVP front runner here. However, if there was someone from the Steelers, I think you have to say it's Big Ben, right? Like Probably. you've already matched your win total in half as many games simply by him being healthy. Like you literally have, other than Chase Claypool. Yeah, uh, that's and, a strong case. And, and I guess like James Conner is healthier eh, right, than he was before. But like the, the difference clearly yeah. is a competent quarterback, um, you know, back there. And yeah. Yeah, undefeated to start already. So and and you t- you know we talk about like the Mahomes and like scoring on demand, and obviously Big Ben and the Steelers are not that level. But every time they needed to get a score, Big Ben has made it look pretty easy going yeah. down the field. I mean, he really has. Every time you know, against the Ravens, you think about the fourth quarter drives he had. Like he pretty much made it look easy and went right down the field twice. And then against the Cowboys, you know, obviously they got off to a slow start, but when they needed to kick it on. He went right down the field. Like I, I do think that, you know, he has been really good. Yeah. And and to me, I don't think there's as drastic of a change. Like if you talk about um, you know, the, the quarterback position means the most in the NFL. But when you when you talk about like the Steelers were clearly just a quarterback away from being this good. Like it's it was obvious last year because of how well the defense like played and and, and kept you guys at 500 literally by itself. Uh, and and he elevates this team into Super Bowl contender. Uh, if we're talking about most valuable. I think Big Ben deserves to be in that discussion. He's certainly top five in my opinion. Love it. But Mahomes is absolutely the front runner. Uh, last thing we'll get to all in, all out on yeah. the Seahawks being Super Bowl contenders. Are they? Uh, are they still there? Well, you know, and, and I think if we're saying to win the Super Bowl, I think. Both of our top three teams are in the AFC. So so I would say that, you know, if if they're the fourth team, maybe. Yeah. I would say that they have to be Super Bowl contenders because they have Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah. You know, he's the second best quarterback in the league. He makes plays that are unbelievable. Now, 
I'll tell you this though. I've never seen a team win the Super Bowl with this kind of defense. Right. Yeah. Like like this is like I think I like this is the worst pass defense in the history of the league right now. Um and, and that's even with Jamal Adams coming back and and, and that's and, with how the Cowboys secondary has been. Right. I mean, like it's unbelievable. Josh Allen yeah. was carving them up. Josh Allen who I criticize a lot was carving them up, like, mm-hmm. and they knew it too, right? Like, even like if you looked at um, the game plan, right? And you're like, you know, because I think it's telling. Like, you could tell how what what teams struggle with by how teams game plan against them. Yep. Um, and the Bills came out. I think they threw it on 22 of their first 25 plays. Oh my! Right? God. Like they had the uh, they had the highest pass rate. So, so there's actually this one stat that's interesting that I saw, um, and it, it, it's like it's it's pass rate and it's how often you pass it, but it eliminates times where you're like forced to pass it. So if you're losing by a ton, right. it eliminates those. If you're winning by a ton, it eliminates those. It's like right. times where it's actually you could run or pass. Right. The Bills have the highest pass rate in any game of all time in this game, right? So that's the game plan they came out with because they knew the Seahawks just can't stop anything and if you watch the game at all uh you know josh allen didn't do anything spectacular but the dudes were one wide open and two when they caught it seahawks could not tackle yeah um, that's a huge problem that's a huge problem for the seahawks that i don't know if they can overcome something needs to change or russell wilson needs to be um the best player in the league uh, or, or they don't have a chance but they still have him yeah um you know actually i'm all out on them being Super Bowl contenders. I don't think they can make it out of the NFC um, like this. And granted, there are, you know, obviously uh, these other NFC teams have their own flaws. Yeah. But, like, I don't see how, if it comes down to them and the Saints, how they beat the Saints with their secondary being this bad. Like, Michael Thomas with this, with, is putting up 200 yards against the secondary. Uh, you know, uh, even if you talk about the Bucs, you know, I the Bucks I think, would light this secondary up. I think yeah. – uh, some of the other contenders, I think Green, oh, Green Bay would love. I think Devontae Adams would love to well, see I the think Seahawks Green Bay definitely would. Yeah, so like you know what I mean? It's just I don't know how they beat these other contenders, given yeah. how bad that secondary is. And I in don't the trust, playoffs. but I don't trust any of them either, though. That's the thing. Like if we're talking about to make the Super Bowl, because if you make the Super Bowl, you got a chance to win. So right, so yeah. If they, can, if they can make the Super Bowl, then they're definitely a Super Bowl contender. But right. like you talk about the Bucks, like and. and I think we kind of still like the Bucks, but like, when's the last time you saw a team make the Super Bowl and you were like, remember that one time they lost thirty-eight to three? Like that doesn't happen. Like teams don't lose like that. Yeah, true. End up making the Super Bowl, so I don't know if right. we're if we're even considering them uh, yeah. a Super Bowl contender either right now. And then it's just the Saints and the Packers, and and the Seahawks still have the best quarterback of those three, even though Rodgers is really good and Breeze is you know historically one of the best. I think I'd still take Russ. So uh, I think I think I'm still going to call him a contender, uh, but I like those teams more right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, and maybe we're overreacting. Um, maybe. You know, because uh, they did, granted, get off to a six and zero start, um, but the last two weeks have been telling, and the the secondary's glaring issues are there, and it just it it makes me wonder if Russ has not just not just a bad game. Um, you know, cause there were moments where he was really good in this. Like he was, I would say like a six out of 10 in this one, yes. but like, if he's an eight out of 10, is that enough for them to win yeah. in the playoffs with how bad this secondary is? Well, not if Rogers is a 10 out of 10, not if, 
uh, you know, not if Brady's on his game, not if Breeze is on his game. Like if those other quarterbacks are at least, you know, good, I, I don't know what Russ can do other than be perfect that would get them past them in the playoffs. Well, he does need to be perfect. And I think, I think that's a really good point. And I also think like, you know, if I'm Russ and I know that no matter where their team gets the ball, they're probably going to go down and score. Right. It forces me to take risks that I might not normally take. Exactly. If it's third and 11, like I'm going to go for it. I'm going to, you know, try to fire it in between two guys to try to pick it up. Cause I know if I'm putting, they're going down and scoring. So like that affects his play as well. I think we saw yep. that in this game as well. Uh, and that's probably what turned him into a six out of 10 instead of his normal nine or 10. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how the NFC plays out. There's no true team that you look at in the NFC right now. Like, yeah, they're the best team. Um, every team has its flaw. I think the Seahawks have the most glaring, but they also have the biggest strength, which is Russell Wilson. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out um, in the end. So, uh, let's go ahead and get down to it. Let's take a look at our top 10 NFL power rankings. Uh, we'll start at 10 and then kind of work our ways down. And we'll chat about them a little bit each on the way as we go. So why don't you go ahead and give me number 10 on your list? Okay. Uh, number 10, I have the Bills here. And as much as I think that defense has struggled at times this year, and they're certainly not the defense in Buffalo that we're used to, and I certainly – do not trust Josh Allen. He played really well. And they are 7-2 and two right now, which would put them, you know, they're, they're in the driver's seat in their division. So I, I just – I don't think I can keep them out of the top 10 any longer. Yeah. I think the Bills are certainly a top 10 team uh, as well. They will, I'll have them uh, somewhere here in our power rankings. For me, I had at number 10 Tennessee. Uh, I think they got back on track this week with a win. Um, so they moved back into my top 10, sitting at 6-2 and two, uh, on the year. Um, so they've came in 10th in my power rankings this week. Yeah, I had them at 9, actually. So, um, yeah, I think they, you know, they're in first place in the AFC South, which is not a bad division, even though two of the teams have really bad records. I don't think the Texans are as bad as their record. Yeah. Uh, big game on Thursday, though. So if they lose to the Colts, obviously they're going to drop out. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, it's, and that's a big division game. So yeah. that has more riding on it than just, um, you know, their, their ranking here in the top 10. That'll, those are the two best teams in the AFC South, I think, uh, yep. by far. Definitely. Uh, so at number nine, I had Arizona. They dropped from six to nine for me this week. Um, so with, with the loss to Miami, I thought, he, uh, you know, unfortunate because they probably could have won this game in overtime if their field goal makes a relatively easy kick. I don't want to make it seem like I could do that, but uh, a 49 (laughs) yarder is something you'd expect most NFL kickers to make. um, And he was short on it. Uh, But sitting at five and three, they've got some, they're a little bit inconsistent. They've got some bad losses, but then they have like good wins like they had in Seattle. Um, I don't consider this a bad loss because Miami has been really good, but um, you know, they're a little inconsistent for me. So they fall to number nine this week. So at eight, I have the Dolphins here. Um, and, and I just, you know, before this, I just said that I would take them over the Titans and the Bills. So I have to put them ahead of the Titans and the Bills. Uh, but you can see it is close. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I'll just sneak preview because I have Arizona at seven, which is just one spot ahead of Miami. And you probably may be thinking to yourself, well, wait a second. Miami just beat them on the road. Shouldn't they be higher? I think I still need to see more out of two, you know, a couple weeks of doing this before I'm ready to put him ahead of, you know, 
Kyler Murray, who I trust a lot more. And, and I think, you know, going forward, I think I'd still rather have that roster and Kyler Murray. If Tua keeps doing it, though, obviously they're going to be jumping them soon. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So here is where I had the Bills okay. um, came in at number eight for me. Um, I think, you know, given, you know, the Seahawks secondary is bad, but we've seen them uh, in the last couple of weeks with relatively easy matchups and Josh Allen was not able to take advantage. Looks yep. like he got back on track this week. So they move up uh, to number eight after a big win. Um, and then for number seven for me was Tampa Bay. Uh, okay. They slid down a couple of spots uh, with their loss, but I still have, a, I still have faith in that defense. Um, I think this one is more of an outlier than anything else, but um, a loss nonetheless. So I, I do have them here at seven. Um, so who'd you have at six? Six, I had the Seahawks here, um, and I will tell you, I have I do not have Tampa on my top ten. They fell completely out for me Ooh. because of that because of that loss. And I'm go you know Tom Brady, his trajectory right now, the way he's trending is down. The defense is trending down, and I just couldn't justify putting them ahead of the seven and two Bills, the the Titans, the Dolphins. You know, I just so I have them out for right now. Um, but at number six, I have the Seahawks here. Um, you know, obviously, we just talked about them, and I'm still. Very worried about that defense for sure. Uh, but Russell Wilson is the second best quarterback in the league. Uh, so number six is where Miami comes in for me. Okay. Um, right outside the top five. Um, now remember, uh, for those of you tuning in, my power rankings are based off of a formula designed on point differential, opponent win percentage, home and away, and a little bit of eye test. Last week, Miami came in at number nine, statistically, just off of the numbers for me. I slid them down to 13 um, because I didn't want to, I didn't think they were top 10 just yet. Yeah. Uh, but this week I'm following the numbers because that was an impressive win on the road against uh, a Arizona team that I had in my top five. So they shot up my rankings again this week. Um, and really it's, it's more than just Tua for me um, because I, I do like Tua, but uh, that defense, number one scoring defense coming into this game, not sure where they'll, end up ranking. There's still a Monday night game to play as we're recording this, um, but they're still going to be towards the top of that ranking. Um, the defense, surprisingly, with everything that they gave up, no more Minkah Fitzpatrick. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we thought they were going into a tanking year. This defense has been uh, very good, to say the least, and now I think they have uh, a quarterback who not only can um, you know not mess it up for you, but when you need him to make plays down the stretch, I think he's capable of doing it. Maybe it's too early to say that, um, but I have a lot of belief in Miami. So just thinking logically about this, then that means that the Seahawks are not on your list. The Seahawks fell out of my top 10 because they the did fall out of my top 10. 10. Wow. Yeah. It's that, it's that bad. It is. So, okay. Um, number five, I have the Packers here. You know, uh, I think Rogers is, uh, besides Russell Wilson, the best quarterback in the NFC, the inconsistency is where they get me right. I don't know who, if they're going to show up week to week. Yeah, uh, but when they're at their best, anyway, they're they're one of the best. Agreed. Uh, the Packers came in at number five for me as well. Um, their run defense is what scares me the most, and I think when they play teams that run the ball well, like we saw with Dalvin Cook the week prior, um, they got exposed. Um, so that's going to be something that they'll kind of have to take, uh, uh, you know, take care of, but Aaron Rodgers, like we said, is, is back to, uh, and I think we might have to 
start considering him in that top five of the MVP race. But uh, with Aaron Rodgers playing as well as he is, Devontae Adams playing as well as he is when healthy, um, and if they can get Aaron Jones back to full health, uh, I love their offense. Uh, and, I, and for me, they also came in at the five spot as well. Yeah, so um, I think we probably agree on our entire top five then. Uh, maybe not the order, but at four anyway, I have the Saints here. I still think those three AFC teams are the best in the league. But the Saints, like I said, last five weeks, they've been really good. And, and to beat up on the Bucks team that we both considered last week anyway to be top ten teams. Um, so I got the Saints at four. Yep, I have the Saints at four as well. Um, okay. So they uh, shot up quite a bit in my rankings, uh, especially with Seattle dropping out of the top five. Uh, I think it's not just that they beat a Bucks team that they that we like; it's how they beat them. Yeah. And now that they've now that they've beat them twice, um, I think that says a lot about the Saints. And uh, they have a, a good win against the Bears is on their schedule as well. Um, they've got some signature wins uh, where they might not have been so pretty. Um, especially early on, they, they didn't look that great. But uh, I think the Saints team is, is pretty legit. Yeah, me too. Uh, so three, I have the Ravens here. I'm assuming you probably do too. Um, you know, coming off that Steelers loss, I think it was important for them to get this win against Indy, albeit I don't think Indy, you know, Indy pretty much gave them the game a lot of the time. And Phillip Rivers uh, played like Phillip Rivers. And, yeah. you know, Lamar Jackson, again, did not impress. It was another bad game for him. Yep. Uh, but they got the win. They're, they're going to be, you know, definitely squarely in the playoffs. Um, and looking at their schedule, they're probably going to reel off a couple here in a row before they have that Thanksgiving night game with the Steelers, which could determine uh, the division. Yep. Uh, Ravens came in third here for me. And um, the numbers don't have them quite as much of a distant third as I believe they are. Mm. Um, it's just, like you said, it looks like the formula is out on Lamar Jackson and how to slow him down. Uh, you know, maybe you won't completely stop him, especially in the run game. But from a passing game perspective, the last year Lamar Jackson as a thrower is long gone. Yeah. Um, teams have figured out how to uh, disrupt him in the passing game. And it makes this offense so much less attractive that I just don't see how they get into the stratosphere with the Steelers or the Chiefs, um, who obviously are in both of our top yeah. twos. Um, so I there there's pretty – I don't want to say distant, like like crazy distant, but they're distant third to me until uh, we see otherwise. And speaking of the Colts, I just want to comment on Philip Rivers quick. I, he's not better than Jacoby Brissett. No chance. He's no not way. right at this phase in his career. He's not better than Jacoby Brissett. I didn't like the signing when the Colts made it, and I I, I don't like that he's playing over Jacoby Brissett right now. I, I I don't see what he yeah. brings to the table that Jacoby couldn't do. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think we both called that before the year. Where we said I think Jacoby Brissett is um, the better, the better starter, and and Philip Rivers, like, I get it. He's been in the league a long time, and and you know maybe he's got some kind of leadership quality that they like. Yeah. Um, but you know, if if you're giving him a, a target to hit, he cannot he cannot do it. Listen, unless it's his wife. I I don't. <laughs> he that, he's got like twelve kids. So. Oh yeah, he's he's Steph Curry with the shot from there. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, I don't like to pull a race car. Uh, when it's when it's not, uh, or when there's even a question about it. But oh, oh, wow. you can't you can't sit here and tell me that there's not a little bit of privilege that goes into him getting this job over Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, and maybe and privilege too. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, maybe you look back through his career and maybe his name carries some weight. But, like, what has Philip Rivers actually done throughout his career to, like, warrant him as, like, this this winner, you know what I mean? Like, or a guy that can, like, lead your franchise. And, and maybe the Colts weren't looking at that, but they certainly paid him, like, one for the one. I think they signed him to a one-year deal or whatever. But, like, uh, yeah. I just don't see – I just don't see what was so bad about Jacoby Brissett that you had to bring in this dinosaur who can't – who can't throw? He, he it looks bad when he tries to throw the ball. Yeah, I don't know. I I think Jacoby Brissett has the Colts at five and three right now. That's just me. Definitely, he did last year. I think. So yeah, probably. <laughs> I, if if we're looking at it, I, I don't think six and two last year actually. Something like that. Yeah, Before he got yeah. hurt. Agreed. So yeah, it is what it is. Um, so top twos. I think yeah. we both had the same order. Chiefs oh. and second. Did you have Chiefs in second? I did. Of course I did. Yeah. I'm surprised you did. Yeah, yeah. The second week in a row, they come in second. Like if uh, the Steelers are undefeated. So, uh, you know, if they if they don't lose, I don't see how they drop. Um, you know, and granted, they didn't look great against the Cowboys. Uh, but I think the Cowboys just at this point are like, all right, let's just – if we're going to lose, let's just make it ugly, right? Like let's just yeah. make it ugly for both teams. So they're kind of putting up a fight now. Um, and, and can't see them with, didn't win in a convincing fashion. Um, against a Panthers team that isn't bad, I would say by any means. Um, but you know, if you're not, unless they blew the Panthers out, I don't see how they would have moved up over the Steelers. Yeah, and you know, talking about like this uh, new playoff format, and only one team gets to buy. It's probably going to come down to Steelers and Chiefs, and they don't play head to head. But you know, it's probably a lot more important for the Steelers to get that. And you know, when I mentioned in the NFC discussion about Breeze and Brady, like Ben kind of fits into that category too, of wanting that yeah. extra week. And they actually did uh, lose their bye week completely uh, because yeah. of the, the Titans COVID situation. So it'd be really important for them to get that. Yeah. Yeah. And they lost, I mean, they, they had to take their buy in what week four, like four or something week like four. that. Yeah. And it wasn't so. even a buy because they practiced all week and right. on Thursday. So it was like not a buy really. Exactly. So, yeah. And then, so they they'll have played like thirteen straight mm-hmm. games or something like that before heading into the playoffs. So yeah, one hundred percent. That's big for them. They'll need it uh, the most. So yes, yeah, so the Steelers come in at number one on both of our power rankings. Um, so remember, uh, my article will be coming out tomorrow uh, with the list of the full thirty-two teams. So if your team did not come in this top ten here, make sure you tune into my article at allinnetwork.net. Uh, to see where the rest of uh, the NFL teams ranked um, in the league. And um, I think that closes today's show, right? I think that's all we had today. Yeah, Yeah, that's all we have. (laughs) So we appreciate you guys tuning in uh, to another episode of the All In Podcast. Um, We do have uh, some exciting things going on at the network um, so remember, at our website uh, that I mentioned, allinnetwork.net, you can find the audio versions of our podcast, the All In Politics podcast, uh, Rain and Bliss, Beast Gaming as well. Um, you can also find merchandise for the All In podcast, and uh, you can also find merchandise for Rain and Bliss as well. We may be having some sales coming up soon, so stay tuned uh, for that as well. Um, and make sure you follow us on Twitter. You can find our socials at the bottom of your screen if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, but if you're listening to the audio version on Twitter, we're at all underscore in underscore pod, uh, and then Facebook and Instagram all in network. All right, Mike, you want to leave the people with uh, any last words? 
Uh, yeah, I do want to leave the people with some last words. I just want to remind everybody how I beat up on Coop in two fantasy leagues. Uh, so when we are giving you guys football advice, please remember who the expert on this podcast is. Um, it is clearly me. Two leagues, two dubs. Um, also want to say, shout out to everybody who voted. I know a lot of our listeners are in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania turned up for Joe yeah. Byron uh, with the mail-in ballots. So that was yes. awesome to see for PA as a – PA native, no longer a PA resident, PA native. Uh, good to see my home state showing out and, and participating in democracy. So, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, fake news on the fantasy thing, but real news. Real news on the election. Listen, uh, I, the, the fantasy games were clearly rigged. <laughs> clearly voter fraud going on. No, yeah. People are saying. <laughs> But yeah, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. Thank you guys uh, for exercising your vote um, and and returning us back to some sense of normalcy. However, biggest thing I want to preach, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Biggest thing I want to preach before we let you guys go. This is not by any means over as far as your work. Like if you care about the things that happen in, in your community, do something about it, right? Like this, it, it's the... Good job. Thank you guys for turning out. I think this is the most voter turnout that we've had in history. Both uh, sides received the most well, votes ever. Exactly. So, you know, and, and that's how it should be. This is how it should be. Um, hopefully we can get back to less uh, misinformation being spread on social media. Um, stop falling for information. Do your research. Like double when you see something on your timeline, just double check it. Just double check it to make sure that it's Google it quick and, and see if you can find some context. Hopefully we can get back to uh, not having these ridiculous conspiracy theories, uh, you know, uh, about certain people and politics and, and whatnot. Um, you know, and uh, the other thing I want to uh, uh, preach, especially to the black community. So, like, uh, there's this distrust, right, amongst black people with the system. 100% warranted. Like, there, there's literally no argument for any black person who doesn't trust any politician. Cool, fine, keep that energy. But what's not productive is going on Twitter, like, oh, well, Joe Biden's not gonna save us, or, or Kamala's not gonna save us. Like, okay, you know, oh, do you guys feel good because you voted? Like, stuff like that is completely unproductive. So if you care about the black community, here's, here's something that you can do. Stop tweeting about what won't be done and talk about what will be done or needs to be done, and then do something about it. So if you're mad about mass incarceration, you're mad about Joe Biden's crime bill, go to your local congressman, senator, whoever you need to talk to. Take it up with them. They don't see your tweets, right? So if, right, you, have exactly a, right. if you have an opinion to voice, voice it to someone who's at least going to hear it and consider it. The, the biggest thing about Joe Biden being in office is that uh, you know, the the way to peacefully uh, implement change is through democracy. Right. So now we have someone who actually believes in democracy. We avoided the dangerous how dangerously close we were getting to fascism where you wouldn't have had a say. So oh, we're, we're, we're still gonna, close to it. We're, we're still very woods. close to it. We're not <laughs> out of the woods, but like we're going to start to move back. You know what I mean? In the direction of democracy, at least somewhat of a democracy, I should say republic. But at least to the point where your voice might actually mean something. So organize with your community, get some community leaders, maybe talk to the NAACP, 
you don't trust the NAACP, talk to the BLM or you don't trust them, make your own organization. Like do whatever you need to do in order to get multiple voices within your community to go talk to someone who can do something to help us. Because at this point, you going on Twitter, type using your 280 characters to talk about what's not going to happen for the black community literally helps no one. So get off social media, get out in real life and do something and enact some change. That way, uh, you know, we actually are making some progress and not just talking about it. Like, it's, it's we're at the point where everybody pretty much understands the systemic part of racism, right? Like uh, even if you're, even if you're one of those people out there who's denying it, you at least understand the, the argument is out there. We've, we've put the points out how it's impacting us. So come up with creative solutions to fix it or don't say anything at all. You know what I mean? Just, you know what I mean? Cause you're not helping. Right. That's, that's the one thing I want to leave any, anybody who's, listening to the podcast at this point, leave, leave it at that. Beautifully said. But thank you guys for tuning in to another episode, episode 52 of the All In Podcast. Uh, we will see you guys again later this week. Remember, check out allinnetwork.net uh, for my article coming out. And make sure you download that app available on the Apple Store and Google Play Store. See you guys later. Peace. Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.